Welcome to Overboost 23. Overboost is a podcast interview series featuring discussions with speedrunners about their history in speedrunning and gaming and the runs they're passionate about. I am your host, PMC Trilogy, and with me today is English Ben. English Ben, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. So I always love to start these off with recent stuff, and I wanted to give you a chance to highlight. I There's... We can all talk about runs and watching runs and watching people stream, like very visible. Uh, But I wanted to highlight the activity that you do in terms of being a member of the GTA speedrunning community and the sort of support work that you're doing in that. And certainly I can highlight that from personal experience because I know when I learned Vice City, any percent no SSU, I did so by watching your tutorial vid. And um, just this past week, uh, for reasons that we don't have to go into on this podcast, I was prompted to look <laughs> at the GTA speedrunning Discord, and I saw that you know you're you're now one of the moderators for that Discord as well. And so I wanted to ask you, you know, what can you give us a full picture of what you do for the GTA speedrunning community right now, and maybe go into how you got into some of those roles. Oh man, that's a, that's a, that's a big one to big start one. off with. I it's like big, it. Yeah, but I, I again, it was important because Ugh. this community work is maybe less visible than the runners and the streams, but yeah. is is so important. And I, you know, hopefully, I highlighted too why it's important because it helps someone like me, you know, learn the game and have fun. Yeah, of course. So um, I think a lot of people get like uh, the wrong idea of me from what they see on the surface. Because, like, when I stream, you know, everyone has that kind of, like, dramatic effect persona where they'll be, like, more angry or more hyper or something like that, you know, more toxic. But in reality, like, if people do come into, like, the GTA Discord and they ask, like, general questions and new runners and everything like that, then, you know, if I see a notification and I have time, I'll always try and help them the best. Uh, When I first got into speedrunning, I wasn't actually streaming or anything at the time. This was around like 2015. Like I'd been watching since way before then. I'm sure we'll go into my gaming history at some point. Um, But around 2015 was when I started like doing casual runs of Vice City and I wanted to actually learn specific tricks. And there wasn't anything really concrete in terms of like help back then. Um, There was an IRC channel, but that's kind of like underground. Like many people even nowadays probably don't know too much about like the GTA IRC channel, unless they were there. And it wasn't until 2017 when it was moved to Discord and more people found out about it. So back then, um, I learned the actual run off of um, one of MHMD's ESA runs. And obviously, because it has like live commentary, he does describe a bit about it. But it's not, there's a difference between like talking about what you're doing and talking about why you're doing it. So one thing that I always wanted to do was to create a kind of central hub of information where in such a big community, you have all these different places to learn things. But I wanted them to be in like one specific place. And at the, say, at the time, like I wasn't streaming or anything like that. And I didn't really have any plans for like a YouTube channel. But then as I got more into it, I picked, picked up the run, started doing things offline. And then I started making plans for like how I could help this community and what I could bring to the table. So like, as I say, I, I do many different things. Um, I... Th- the, the actual Discord moderator position is kind of a funny one because, um, like, the Discord moderator role, at least in the GTA community, doesn't really do a whole lot. Like, there's probably been about five times in the past three years where I can count that I've someone's needed to take up, like, a moderator role and ban someone. Like, people aren't usually that bad. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, even in such a big community. But I think the reason I was given it, like I'll never be told this reason, but if I would <laughs> if I were to guess, um, I would just say it's because like I've been helpful to new people and I've created like a central hub on my YouTube channel to teach people about the game. Um and not only that, but also with like different games. So GTA three San Andreas, like Vice City is still my main game. But I I've been referred to before as like I don't really like this, but some people have said this to me of like the ency- encyclopedia of GTA because I've helped so many people and then I've also learned things myself that then I've then written down um, and kept like resources available. Like for example, uh, I maintain a spreadsheet of all the different crashes that any user has ever got and the reason for why they crash so people can avoid them in the future. Just stuff like that. Um, and it's more, you know, teaching people, but also learning myself because I want to learn everything about these games, like even at a technical level. Like that's why I talk to the code monkeys and I want to understand, like, even though I'm not a programmer, I want to understand why these things work on a technical level. So then if somebody does have that problem, I can then help. And yeah, so for the past like four or five years, it's just been kind of building all these resources to create and kind of shape the community from this big volatile volcano of information that's thrown around everywhere like lava and instead kind of shaping it into what it is now where we have like resource hubs for everything we have you know if if a new runner wants to learn they have dedicated pages where they just have tutorial after tutorial after tutorial and like my plans aren't going to stop anytime soon uh one guy stardog uk who recently picked up the run gave me the idea of um creating like a video playlist so instead of like updating my tutorials constantly whenever micro optimizations come about and like small time saves I would instead just make a new video and add it to this playlist of like minor things that advanced users can add to their run. And that's something that I'm going to be working. Um, I, I said I would start working on it after I finished the San Andreas world record progression. So I guess now I can stop procrastinating now that video is out and I can actually start working on it. But yeah, like I've always had projects. Um, I have a notepad that's absolutely colossal with ideas as to how I can either make videos or make information more viable and more accessible for people and yeah all sorts everything essentially yeah speaking of which some I mean, that that uh you know you brought up the san andreas world record progression video which definitely i will i will confess is one of the things where i, I watched that and i was like you know what i need to reach out to you ben do it do an interview <laughs> that was definitely I, I'm, I'm glad that, that that was a single reason i made the video i it was just so finally right. I finally, could come on to you can get invited on. Yes. No, no, that's exactly. that's exactly right. Uh, which is also mm-hmm. worth watching. I'll definitely definitely link that. Uh, if you're if you're listening to this after the fact, uh, I'll definitely include a link to that. It is worth checking out, especially for all the the history. Actually, one I had a behind the scenes question to ask about your San Andreas World Record progression video. Okay, which okay. was what what was it like getting because I <laughs> you got Josh to do like a bunch of things for that video, and I'm just wondering how that came together. <laughs> Oh, so those aren't actually recorded for my video. Those oh, that's are something different else? Clips. Was oh, it? Yeah. Uh, so, for example, the one where I say, like, you know, hey, you, and Josh replies to me, that's just an edit that I made myself of one of Josh Amos's videos oh. where he's he's talking to himself, and I've just edited him out and put me in instead. I got fooled. <laughs> just because I, I thought fooled. it was funny. You got me. Yeah. No, you got me. That's a good job. All right, let's yeah. go. Let's go back in time then. Let's 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 start. Where does where does gaming begin for you? Uh, does it family, friends? Where does that come from? Okay, so I actually uh, 
I actually wrote down some notes earlier this afternoon. I did some big prep mm-hmm. uh, because I um I I actually couldn't remember. So I, I was listening to the to the um one of the episodes that you linked me to like get an idea of what kind of questions you would ask. And that was the first question that was asked. And I was like, oh God, like I don't remember. So I did a bunch of different research for like games that I remember as a kid. And then kind of the memories came back to me. Uh, so I'm quite a zoomer compared to a lot of people. So for example, like my roommate started off on like the original Nintendo and stuff like that, but I was too young for any of that. So like, I, I think I was like two or three years old when the PlayStation one came out and that was my first console. And I remember playing it at my dad's house until I eventually got my own. Uh, so a couple of games that I wrote down that I remember playing is Crash Bash was the first one, which is like quite a hidden gem. It's basically like Mario Party, but for the Crash Bandicoot series. So everyone remembers like the old school original Crash platformers, but I never played those. I played Crash Bash. That was my that was my gem. Um and then also Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone on the PlayStation 1. Uh, the PC version is completely different to the PlayStation 1 version. I didn't know that for quite a while. Um, also, the first Driver game, which I never got out of the garage. Uh, I don't know I if you know too one. much about I, the first Driver I, game. I, I think That's the, a classic. Yeah, I think the Overcooler is still mad at me about the time I blind raced through and took 14 minutes to get out of the garage. So I definitely feel that one. Yeah, I've always, like, a lot of people come to me with GTA-related questions. They say, like, oh, this mission was so hard as a kid, blah, blah, blah. And as much as I laugh, I have the exact same thing with Driver 1. Like, I remember playing that for so long, and I never was able to do it. Uh, But yeah, so there's a bunch of different games like that. I also remember playing uh, Mortal Kombat 2 and 3, even though I was completely horrendous at them, and I never, like, I never got anywhere. So (laughs) you'll notice a streak as I continue to go in this of, like, I was horrible at games as a kid. Like, I know, obviously, kids are worse than adults, but I think even for children's standards, I was pretty horrendous. I don't know when I became competent, you know, maybe as I just got more and more into it. But all the games that I, like, looked through the PS1 and the PS2 days, I completed none of them. Absolutely none of them. And I always had to get help from either, like, my older sisters or, you know, my dad or something like that. Um, And I also had, like, a really unlucky streak. So... I say my dad had the PlayStation One. I used to go and see him on weekends, and I would go ahead and play all these games. And then I wanted to obviously get one back home so I could play them on the weekdays because I loved playing it. That's like that became the one thing that I wanted to do when I came home. So uh, we ended up buying a PlayStation One, but it was faulty, and it was one of those things where like the store was closed the next day, and I remember being super upset because like they couldn't take it back until Monday. And I had the weekend, but I couldn't play um, because we were supposed to get my own PlayStation 1, but it didn't work out. And then funnily enough, the exact same thing happened like a couple of years later with the PlayStation 2, where I think it was for either Christmas or my birthday. They, my parents had you know, bought me a PlayStation 2, a, a big fat chunky one, one of the originals. Yeah. And that was the exact same thing. I open it up on Christmas morning, boot it up, and it just doesn't turn on. So uh, I, I think eventually they stopped buying me tech because everything I seemed to touch just broke. I don't know what it was. I, I was really cursed. Gosh, that sound that's that's awful <laughs> to keep yeah. opening stuff up like that. Just the the biggest presence, like the things that I've been looking forward to the most in life, just came crashing down upon me. It was it was really unfortunate. Has that has that continued to be? Oh, so I'm curious. Do you have wait? Do you have notes to continue? I don't want to get in the way of your 
Your uh, narrative. I, I, I have a lot to go, but you can okay. uh, you, you can go ahead and. Uh, so, well, one in, of the things I was going to ask about. So, this is you know this is I think a common thing that folks will have gotten uh, things like consoles and stuff as as holiday gifts, birthday gifts, stuff like that. Uh, mm-hmm. One turning point I'm off. I like to ask about is when, um, when that when it you take more ownership of the hobby meaning either maybe you saved up money yourself or you got like your first job and then bought something or something along those lines was there a point where it stopped being you know something that you got for holidays and started being something like this is where i'm going to put my spare money yeah so that that point would definitely be um so i'll I'll go back a little while um as i was saying about the playstation 2 that was when I picked up like a lot of notable games, like for example, playing uh, Vice City, San Andreas, like the games that I'm known for today, Tony Hawk's Underground 2, that kind of thing. Um, and then I got a, so I, I never had like a, a family PC growing up. Like a lot of, I feel like a lot of people will have these common stories where they'll have like a, a family computer where they played like, you know, roller, you know, roller coaster tycoon or club penguin or something like that. But we never had anything like that. Uh, because I guess I, I wasn't too much into technology besides like home consoles back then. Whereas like now I'm into everything tech and you know, my family wasn't either. So then one day I was ill, uh, from school and my parents were at work. So my oldest sister took me to her place and she said that her stepson had been playing this game called RuneScape. Um, and I basically spent the whole day playing RuneScape. Like I made my own account and everything. Um, so starting from there, as soon as I started playing RuneScape, I got hooked into it. Like I would play it. I would want to play it all the time. I would want to go to my sister's house and just play RuneScape as much as possible. So that became like a really big thing for me. And then as the years got on, uh, you know, as we're looking into when like digital purchasing for PC games became more of a thing, you know, Steam became Steam, more yeah. prominent yep. and whatever. Uh, then I wanted to get my own PC. So we ended up getting like a laptop, but it wasn't a laptop how you know nowadays. It was very much like we had to connect it with a wired cable to a like dial-up modem and, you know, stuff like that. And it was like sat on the kitchen table and I would just sit and play RuneScape then. But obviously as, a, as time uh, like went on more and more, I would save up birthday money and stuff like that. And then I wanted to build my own PC. And so... I used to play like the Xbox 360 a lot after the PlayStation 2, but after that, I didn't really touch consoles and I still haven't since. Mm-hmm. Like around 2012, I built my own PC, so I would have been like 15 or so. Okay. Built my own PC and just kind of never looked back. So that's when it became like, you know, putting everything I had into either buying games or buying components to upgrade, buying peripherals and stuff like that. And then PC gaming just became like, took me by storm. And I still continued to play RuneScape, actually. Uh, you know, even up until around 20, 2016, 2015, where I kind of quit. Um, so, if any of uh, if any of the people who are listening uh, have access to the what we call the high level forums, which is like a forum that you get access to when you've got every stat to the highest level in RuneScape, then you can go on to the uh, the trimmed completionist high scores, and you'll find me on the second page under Ben E. From like 2015, I think. So wow. I'm I'm solidified in RuneScape history because I played you. that so much. I have to admit that's something I know I know nothing about. I think there was a period of time a few years back where I, I would watch um, I Eat Your Pie a lot, and that was like the first time I'd heard of RuneScape. 
And yes. I've discovered since then that so many people have like a very important relationship with this game, but I still the only thing I know about it is that there's like there are there are flavors of it. There's like the old school and then mm-hmm. not old school. Most of my friends growing up played WoW, so like I'm even though I never played yeah, WoW, I'm more it's... familiar with the like that people talk about it in terms of like the eras of expansion, like say oh the Wrath of the Lich King or Cataclysm or whatever, and then. Yeah. Uh, but RuneScape, I know nothing about. So, but you're you're done with RuneScape, right? That's is that over? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm done with I'm done with RuneScape. Uh, but it's essentially the same thing as well. So there was like different um, versions as it came through. Like you started off with like Devious Mud in the '90s, and it became RuneScape. And you have RuneScape Two, and now RuneScape Three, which is the newest one. But then because they changed so much about like the RuneScape Three system, they then brought out what was basically like a 2007 version like almost like a private server that then became like official and then a lot of people play on the old school version so now the community is like split in half basically Mm -hmm. yeah yeah but yeah so we don't need to go into too much runescape talk if you're not familiar with it because i'm exactly the same with wow i played wow for a little while but i never played it growing up as a kid i Mm -hmm. played it when i was like 16 for the first time and i played up until like pandaria like i would get a new expansion to get the extra 10 levels but I never really got into any like raiding or yeah, PvP guilds. or anything. Yeah. I just quested up into the level, and then I was like, "Well, I guess I'm done." You know, <laughs> I didn't really, didn't really enjoy it that much. Not my kind of game. Well, the other question I might have to follow up then, uh, since I don't think it would be too helpful to ask more questions about RuneScape because I, I wouldn't know what questions <laughs> to ask. Um, but I am it. curious to ask what other sorts of you know, multiplayer fads or phases you might have gotten into. And, you know, when I'm talking about that, I mean, you know, maybe playing Halo on Xbox Live or playing MOBAs, like yep. League, things like that. What what else have you been big into? So, um, if, if we're going as, like, a history, I would say, like, a kind of chronological order, I'd say RuneScape was the first big one. Uh, and then as we moved away from the PS2 and it became more, like, PS3, Xbox 360, uh, I got Call of Duty 4, and I played a lot of Call of Duty. I was never very good at it, but I, I really loved playing it. So like COD 4, World at War, like Modern Warfare 2, those kind of games were like my my jam. Play those a lot um, on like, you know, competitive online Xbox 360. I also played a lot of Halo Reach. So I'm also like a Halo zoomer. So a lot of people say like Halo 2 or 3 are the best. Never played those games until they came out on the Master Chief Collection recently. Huh. Uh, so Halo Reach was my first game, okay. and I played an awful lot of that as well. That I forget what rank I was. But I love like, that game. It's a good one. Yes. Yeah, yeah, So I don't remember what rank I was in Halo Reach, uh, if you're familiar with this progression system at all. But essentially, like, you start off with, like, you know, private captain, blah, 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 like army ranks. And then eventually you get to a point where there's no, like, rank one, rank two, rank three. It's just like Nova Mythic and like each level takes months because they're so high and there's like five of them at the top until you get to the top one. And I was one of those. I don't remember exactly. So yeah, I had like a stupid amount of time. Right. Playing. You played that a bit. Now, it's funny. Reach was actually the last game I ever played on Xbox Live before. Really? Yeah, because no, I, I, I didn't play too much Xbox Live stuff. I think I had a, yeah. a brief period where I did Halo 2. And then later, I would have been just finishing up undergraduate college uh, when when Reach really hit for me, and uh, yeah. so I had it had it for a little bit, and, and that was like actually, you know what, I'm done. I'm I'm moving on. I'm gonna play Minecraft <laughs> or something. Uh, yeah, yeah. So what else? What what came after Reach then? Uh, so after Reach, let's say that was kind of 
as we started moving away from the Xbox 360 and I got more into PC stuff, um, I do play quite a legal, quite a bit of League of Legends, but I never really took it super seriously in terms of competitive. Like, I, I'll play with friends happily, but I never like played ranked every day or anything like that. Um, but I do have like a lot of familiarity with most esports titles. Um, but I say like some I, I took less seriously than others. For example, like CS:GO. I think I peaked at like Master Guardian Elite, which is basically like middle of the ranks. Like I was never anything incredible. Um, but then the two that kind of stick out um, in terms of esports titles was Hearthstone, which is where I was legend, which is the highest rank you can possibly get. Um, it's less impressive now, but I would argue that four years ago being legend, you know, is a better player than someone who's legend nowadays. But that's just me. Uh, so I don't play that anymore. But um, you know, I like to like to brag about how good I mm-hmm. was at a game that's basically coin flips. Were you ever a Magic player? Uh, did you ever do cards? No, I, okay. I, I wasn't actually. That was the only kind of competitive card game I ever played. Okay. I know there's a lot of different ones, uh, and even like Hearthstone personalities started making their own versions of the game as well. But Hearthstone was just kind of one that stuck out to me, even though I didn't play WoW, which was, you know, it's based on World of Warcraft, mm-hmm. right? So very strange. I don't know why I picked that up, but it was fun. Played that quite a lot. Uh, and then the other one is Rocket League, which I still play like occasionally. And I got to champion, which is like the second highest rank in the game. Like there's grand champion and there's like champion one, two, and three. So I got to champion one within like 500 hours of game time, which as far as I'm aware is like a really low amount of hours to get so good. So, but then since I got to that, I only kind of play it with friends again. Like I've never taken something super seriously. That's where I play it every day. But yeah, I guess everyone has their own games that they're good at. Uh, but I mean, I probably could have gotten much better at those kind of games if I kept playing them every day. But I, I, I'm sure you've had this thing before where you kind of, you move on after a while, you know, like you pick up a game, you play it a lot for a while, and then you just move on. Yeah. I never really had that game that I played consistently forever. Yeah, no, you know, I'd be curious, you know, how much you feel like you have put time into games, you know, a lot of time now people have these discussions around these competitive games where they'll talk about how many hours they've played them. And, yep. you know, oftentimes it's in terms of thousands of hours and that's often weird for me because I'm I am way the opposite end where I, I think the most hours I have for games on my Steam is I think like two hundred for each of PUBG and Rocket League. You know, like that's yeah. sort of the the north, which is not a lot, really. You know, in in the scheme of these things, uh, do you like? So I don't know how accurate your your Steam count would be. Uh, do you see yourself being like, oh yeah, you know, I I never go north of a thousand in any of these, or or you know. I don't know if you have a thought about that. So, um, interestingly enough, I, I'm actually really sad that a lot of the games that I did play a lot, they don't have any kind of like accurate way to track hours anymore, like Steam does. So a lot of the games that I played a lot of, obviously like RuneScape, I don't know how many hours I have in that, but it's way over that. I'm, I'm talking probably closer to 10,000 hours, but which sounds horrible, but you know, it was... From a kid all the way up to an adult, you know, like I, I've played that game on and off for God knows how long, like, you know, 15 years or something at this point. So 10,000 hours across 15 years isn't that much. <laughs> and then another thing as well, like since we play on downgraded versions of the games that I speedrun for like almost all of them, I have no idea how many hours I have in like Vice City, for example. 
But if I had to guess, I would probably say I probably have like two or three thousand hours in Vice C. But on Steam, it says it's like two hundred because we don't play on the Steam vote. Right. Exactly. Uh, Rocket League, I have I think seven hundred and fifty hours. But yeah, like RuneScape is way up there. Then Rocket League is somewhere down, and then like you know all the other ones that aren't properly tracked. Sure. No, I, I hear you. It's I, in somewhere. The the MOBA that I played the most was original Dota. <laughs> yeah. And so I at the time was using the Xfire client, and I actually did have a track of hours. Uh, but of course, Xfire has long since been wiped from from the internet. Yeah. So can't can't deal with that. Well, let's talk about some different history then. Which is, how did you first learn about speedrunning? Uh, so that that was another one that I actually did a bit of research on. Um, because again, since it was obviously so long ago, it kind of blurs in my mind. But I definitely know the first memory I have of speedrunning isn't Mario or anything like that. But it was actually GTA. So in 2008, Cannibal K9 uh, created his GTA Vice City speedrun in like an hour and 52 minutes or something. You know, it's covered in my world record progression, but I don't remember exactly. It's been a while. So I probably found that around 2010, if I had to guess. Um, and then from there, I found Speed Demos Archive. And then what I would do is I would go on, they have like a dedicated page for every single game in alphabetical order. And because I didn't, you know, as, as you've heard from me speak here, I didn't remember a lot of my, my childhood games and stuff that I played a lot. Of. So I just went down the list for like days, if not weeks, you know, there's millions of games on this thing. And I just went down until I recognized the game. And I was like, wow, you know, let's check out the speed run for this. And as I learned more and more names and et cetera, et cetera, then I heard about GDQ. Uh, I think I watched, I don't remember if it was classic games done quick at that time, but I think it was 2012 was the first one that I watched. Um, I remember Carcinogen doing maybe Resident Evil, one of those games or something like that. And he actually like rage quit the event, which was one of the big highlights. Uh, yeah, I, I think that was 2012. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so that was, like, one of the things where I was, like, you know, people are passionate about this kind of stuff. Like, is there going to be more of these events? And then, obviously, as we know, like, 2013 was when they, I think they started doing awesome games and summer games. Mm -hmm. And that's where GDQ really started blowing up. And as, you know, as you go from there, it's then kind of a snowball effect. So people started streaming on Twitch. I found out about more and more GTA runners. Um, because of things like speedruns live, which was always like mentioned at the games done quick events. And that's when I found like Adam AK, Joshimus. Like I actually checked my first Twitch account followed Adam AK, which I assume is the first speedrunner I ever followed in July, 2013. So that was around the time that I started getting into watching Twitch streams. And then from there, I was always just a viewer. Like I, I think people get this a lot where they say like, I'll always just watch the speedruns. I could never do it myself. And then I kind of transitioned to like partly doing it myself because I love GTA Vice City so much. I would never like time the runs or anything, but I would just play the game start to finish in one sitting and like implement some of these easier strategies that I saw the speedrunners doing. And the idea of like trivializing a game that I found so hard as a kid really compelled me to keep going and get better. So then I actually like 
in around 2014, maybe t- early 2015, I don't quite remember the timeline, um, I started making like a Let's Play of Vice City on YouTube. And the idea was that it would go through all of the missions, but rather than like playing it blind and reacting and whatever else, is I would give my best explanation for the strats that I was using, you know, like the speedrun strats, but done in like an offline Let's Play format. And I actually remember, interestingly enough, like obviously because it was like the first thing I'd ever done, a lot of the videos didn't get any traction because I was a nobody back then. But the one where I did Demolition Man, which is like the most infamous mm. mission in Vice City, got like 2,000 views. And I remember being blown away by that purely because I was showing people the easy way to do that mission. That's and the name of the RC Copter mission, right? I always forget yes, this. Exactly. Yeah, okay, okay. Just yeah, also for anyone listening to know what he's talking about, that's you know, famously everyone disliked doing the the RC copter where you have to blow up the building on a PS2 pad. Yes, exactly. And something I always remind people, if you ever want to go back and play the game again for nostalgia, it's not you know, it's optional. You don't have to complete that mission. <laughs> like you don't have to do Avery's missions at all. But so many people say, like, it's impossible to beat the game without it. No, it isn't. Trust me. I'm a speedrunner. I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Believe uh, us. But yeah, if so, we can skip it, we can. <laughs> we will. Yeah, exactly. Like, I would heavily recommend not doing it because, you know, it's it's so early on in the game and it, it doesn't teach you how to fly very well. Like, it's very, it's very convoluted. So, yeah, I would recommend just skipping it and just enjoying the game as it is. But yeah, so that YouTube series, I think, kind of planted the seed into me wanting to eventually step up into the community and teach people um, how to do these kind of things because I I love the idea of just, as I say, completely trivializing a game and then showing other people how to do it and then seeing their reaction of like, wow, this is so easy now. Like, this game is a joke in comparison. And you see, like, all these super hard games. Like, I'm familiar with, like, the Speed Souls communities, which is, you know, the Dark Souls franchises. And then you learn how to beat them in 30 minutes, like a game that originally takes you 60 hours on a first playthrough and thousands of deaths. And then all it takes is, you know, an hour long YouTube video and a bit of practice and you can completely destroy the game. Like that has always blown my mind and it never gets old for me. No, I agree. I, I'm I am right there with you. I, I love just seeing the, I, I think I had often done the same thing uh, where I had watched those runners, Adam AK, Josh Moose, implemented things when playing casually, but didn't didn't actually think I was, you know, capable of doing a speedrun yeah. myself. What pushed you over the line to really cuz I know you're talking about making videos, like certainly you've been doing the let's play, doing that. When do you really sit down with a timer and say, "All right, time to do runs?" I I think it was it was a very gradual process. So, as I say, like I, I was doing kind of offline um single segment stuff anyway but i wasn't timing it and i wasn't taking it super seriously and i I would never reset you know as we say i'd never restart the game if something went wrong like i would just do a run and you know regardless of how long it took me how many missions i failed i would still just beat the game anyway and then as it kind of went along i when i was bored um i would do the same thing but i would be in like like it was the team speak days back then and I would just be in TeamSpeak with friends. And if I didn't really feel like playing any online game with them, then I would just start you know, doing the same thing again, playing it offline, not recording it or anything, 
But then I would start implementing the timer to see how long it would take me to do these. And, you know, the same format started. But then, as I'm sure you know, as soon as you put a timer there and you start seeing the red, then you're like, I don't like this anymore. I want the green. So I started restarting until I got better and better and better. And then it got to the point where I was essentially speedrunning, but just for myself. So I figured I may as well try streaming on Twitch and talk to people while I do it. Um, the, the first stream I remember doing was actually a 100% race. So I, I didn't start off originally as to doing like just attempts for a certain time. I would just join races whenever they were available. So like racing isn't as prominent anymore. I kind of wish it was because it was always really fun. But we still have like annual 100% races every now and again. And I joined one of those. And obviously, like, in order to, not like I was going to win, but you're, you're supposed to stream it in order to, you know, verify that you're actually doing what you're, what, what you say you're doing, right? Mm -hmm. So I streamed it. Um, and a couple of people came in. And then actually, uh, KZ Fru was in that same race and he actually raided me. And I was maybe 15 hours in, and he raided me with like two hours left. So I, I was like completely dead and exhausted. But as I was kind of in this race, and people were talking to me, and like, I mean, you know as well as I do, his community is so nice. Yeah. Like, people I've never met before were coming in and saying like, you got this, Ben. Like, let's go. Like, they're getting hype. And I was getting hype. Like, I'm completely dead at this point. I've been playing for 15 hours. I'm, like, falling asleep. But then all of a sudden, I'm snapped on. And I'm like, I'm going to, you know, destroy this game. Like, I am ready to go. And I think as soon as it, like, finished, as soon as I finished that race, I was thinking to myself, I, I want that, like, constantly. I, I want to get runs. And I want to entertain people. And I want them to talk about, like, and get hyped with me and enjoy it as much as I do. And that's when I started like taking it more seriously and streaming most evenings. And, you know, it kind of went on from there. No, that's cool. That makes, that's, that's actually a really neat experience too, to really sort of have that memory with, with a raid yeah. like that. It's really 15 hours in. Yeah, that's can only imagine how, how tired you must've been. It was the second wind I needed. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Let's get some takes. Uh, we're, let's go, go for some spicy takes. This one, Ooh, I this love one's spicy takes. Probably going to be easy. What's your favorite game to speedrun? Ooh, tricky. Actually, I bet you think I was going to say Vice City. And that's you? my expectation. Hmm. Vice City is up there. I I would never put so many you know hours into it if I didn't enjoy it. But at the same time, there are a couple of like hidden gems that. I really enjoy running purely because GTA already has like a big established community, right? But I'm sure because you run quite a few kind of obscure games that at least I'd never heard of until you picked them up and I watched you at events and stuff like that. But the actual rooting of it and building a community kind of from scratch is also very interesting to me because I'm so used to the GTA lifestyle of having a thousand people talking about the game every day. You know, I've never really contributed much to the Vice City speedrun because <laughs> it was basically already done, you know, when I got there. Like, there hasn't been any big discoveries in years. We're talking like 20 second time save is probably the, the biggest one, you know. 
So I would probably say my favorite game to speedrun is actually Jade Empire. It's Ooh. one of my favorite games of all time on the original Xbox. It's like a, a, a an Eastern martial arts type game. Mm. And as I say, it's a massive hidden gem. Like most people probably haven't heard of it. I did a run of it at ESA. Um, and since then, like more and more people have got into the community and found strats. And to kind of help build that as someone who, you know, brought it up from the ground, I would say is like really rewarding. So I would have to put that over Vice City. I mean, that's a, that's a good game. Yeah, I, I didn't play that at the time it came out, but I did play it for the first mm-hmm. time myself like a year and a half ago, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. It's it's a it's a good game. People should should play yes. it. Absolutely. It's it's out on, it's, it's available on Steam, right? Or I think, yes. It, yeah, yeah. Easy GOG get, so. and you know, GOG, yeah. It's really easy to find. Cool. No, that, that's a good one. All right, what's the flip then? Of the all the speedruns you've done, what is the worst one? San Andreas. It's not even close. <laughs> Regard, regardless of the CAG, it doesn't matter. Like, I, I do like the game. Don't get me wrong. Like, obviously, I would never speedrun if I truly hated the game. But there is no game that I can think of that is more brutal and unforgiving than San Andreas. You can make one key press of a mistake and your run is dead in hundreds of different ways. And not only that, but as I'm sure you know, there are hundreds of ways for you to make no mistakes and your runs still die. <laughs> like, it is absolutely insane how unforgiving that game is. But as my personality goes, I'm way too stubborn to go, this game is too brutal, I'm going to step away. Like, I need to conquer it. Like, I, I have that competitive drive and I need to, I can't let it win. No, that's that's fair. That that is that's the only way to play that game. I think is, is yeah. to, to not let it win because it will try mm. to win. What about a game that you would like to speed run, uh, but either you haven't gotten around to it for time or just because it doesn't fit with what you're doing right now? So I'm very much one of those uh, people that only focuses on like one, not only game but category at a time. Like I, I am so jealous of people who can run several categories and not kind of match, you know, match them up in your head and do the wrong thing. Like maybe you're, you're doing any percent, but then you accidentally do like 100% muscle memory because you played that yesterday. I'm very much like a one and done kind of guy. So I do have a lot of games that I have speed on in the past. Like Dark Souls is a great example where I did a couple of runs, but I never really got into it. And then my current personal best in Dark Souls, I have one death five minutes into the game and the rest of it is deathless. So I always, in the back of my head, want to go back and get a completely deathless speedrun of Dark Souls. But with my many GTA plans, it's likely going to be years in the future before I do that. That's fair. Yeah, no, it's, it's hard to, to manage that, especially... That's, that's a really good point. The you know That game that you did a few runs of, you know, it could be an easy PB, right? Like How, how much would you have to do? to get exactly close pb but you know it, it <laughs> how much would you have to do it turns out it can be can be quite a bit yeah uh, <laughs> let's move over i so one question i've been asking everyone I, I i had started asking this question because i saw someone streaming with um compression gloves on now i've been asking it to everyone because i feel like i should ask it to everyone which is when it comes to speedrunning and all the repetitive motions that go with it and also sitting down for a long time stuff like that do you have any thoughts about uh, health when doing speedrunning and streaming and you know, any preventative measures that you take? So personally, I don't get any kind of pains when I speedrun. I don't feel like I do it often enough 
um, to have that issue. Like, for example, I know like a lot of people get wrist pain uh, and they wear like, you know, gloves or something like that. But I, I've never personally had that. So I don't take any preventative me- measures right now. But if I did have those issues, of course, I would like always prioritize my health over speedrunning. And, but I do kind of have a kind of extra spicy take with this kind of thing. Ooh, okay. So uh, a great example is, you know, the game Cuphead. Yeah. So I'm not too familiar with exactly how the glitch works, but essentially there's an idea where like, there's a really high um, APM idea where you can like do several inputs like every single second to shoot faster. Like, I think it's like you shoot a gun, then you switch gun, shoot one bullet, switch back, something like that. Yeah. And it gives you much higher damage per second. But obviously the idea is that you, you're doing so many inputs and you're mashing for so long that you can actually injure yourself doing it. Okay. So, uh, this was a couple of years ago when the game was more new. The community, as far as I know, they, I mean, don't quote me on this. I'm no Cuphead speedrunner. Mm-hmm. But from memory, they created a thing where they banned the strat okay. because of the fact that it was dangerous to your health. Now, that I don't personally agree with. I I think that if a speedrun isn't good for you, whether it be mentally or you know physically, then I think you just shouldn't do it. I don't like the idea of kind of bending a bunch of rules to accommodate for people. And the same idea goes for like, San Andreas 100% runs where they're like 12 to 15 hours depending on your skill level. And people say that you should have like mandatory breaks every now and again where you, where you should be able to stop the timer and you should be able to go off and stretch or anything like that. I don't agree with that. Not because I'm some elitist, but I just think that it's part of the challenge is the endurance, you know? It's essentially like a marathon run rather than a sprint. You don't see like Mo Farah running around on the track and then everyone taking a, a short break. You know, he wins because he's better at that marathon, the endurance. Yeah, you know, I think finding the right way to say that is 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 interesting, right? Because I, I, I get yeah. the I, I get the sense of people want you want to make if the activity can be packaged in an accessible format, by all means do that. Have a cuphead yeah. category without the high APM input. Um, oh, yeah, of course. Absolutely. Uh, you know, or have, you know, accept uh, San Andreas 100% runs, uh, pa- you know, packaged into three or four segments or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, do you understand that, you know, like another one I think of all the time, because I, I had watched a lot of RPG speedruns, is the whole turbo, no turbo discussion when it comes to mashing text. Yes. And with that one, you know, it, it's, if you shouldn't be mashing text... Like don't don't mash text. You know, I you know, let me tell you, I would love to be a runner, but that's not going to happen. My my knees are made of silly putty, and it doesn't work. I am not going to yeah. run a marathon, so I'm not going to run a marathon. I'm just not going to do it. It would suck. I would probably destroy my legs. Uh, yeah, it's so simple, right? Like, but then you, I imagine you're not going to come along, and you're not going to say, "Oh, I am going to become a runner," but everyone needs to run at my speed because otherwise, it's not fair on me. Like, that's the biggest thing that I never understand, yeah, is that it, all of these hobbies, like, the idea is that you're supposed to be the best, like, it's competitive. And if you can't keep up, well, then, like, I'm sorry, but that's just the way it is. Like, you can still go ahead, and you can play Cuphead without this strat if it affects you physically. But then you just don't submit to the leaderboards. Like, why do you need to run 
on this leaderboard. Like, or, the, the or whole again, you argue for, fun, right? for the different category or things like that. Yeah, you know, exactly. that, that to me is, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think, I think I, I agree with you. Certainly I want to be, uh, you know, receptive to, to folks saying that we can do this another way that doesn't incur this, you know, risk from being too sedentary or, or repetitive stress yeah. or stuff like that. Um, but also, you know, like, Hey, if, if the thing is bad for you, like maybe, maybe you know, just does just don't do it. I'm, I won't judge you. Yeah. Believe me, I I want to be very clear. I will think no less of anyone who says actually San Andreas 100 is bad for my health in multiple ways because I think that's true. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason I've never done a San Andreas 100 speedrun. <laughs> like, I completely exactly the same. Yeah, yeah, I would never look down on anyone because not everything is for everyone. Yeah. You know, we're all different. That's the point. And I'm definitely not one of those people who can sit down for 15 hours every day and play like that even if i had the time which i don't mm-hmm. right i wouldn't right. be able to do it yeah. i wouldn't be able to mentally do it and i wouldn't be able to physically do it all right let's wrap up the sort of open-ended questions uh and i i think we've already gone over this just because i had asked you so much about you know community organizing and stuff like that uh mm-hmm. do you feel like when it comes to speed running that you have a particular mission statement a mission statement a mission statement oh i haven't thought too much Actually, do you have a mission statement that I can steal? Uh, a mission statement that uh, uh, that I would adopt for myself. Mm. Is, okay, I mean, I would a say bit of inspiration. Mm-hmm. I would say my mission statement in in speedrunning is to, I guess to. <laughs> it's always kind of. I love looking for uh, janky 3D games and being able to dot all the I's and cross all the T's when they haven't been done for games that where they need to be done. You know, so many of the games that I've gone to were games where uh, strats were known but not implemented or there was stuff just hanging out that really need to be... Just Cause had an infinite jumping glitch that no one applied to the run or uh, Die Hard Nakatomi Plaza had wall clips and no one did a speed run of that for some reason. And like, hell yeah, let's go. Like, janky speed run, let me do it. So I feel like that is is often often where I am. That's kind of the thing. I'm like, all right, I have to do this right now. Let's go. Yeah. I, I would say mine, if anything, would be to... Because I've kind of accepted um, that I'll never be this incredible world record contender, right? You know, you, you get that kind of... Once you get, start running for a while, you're like, I don't know if I'll ever be as good as these other people are. Like... Uh, for example, in Vice City, Marushko and I actually started playing at the same time. But he's infinitely better than me, like because just he has that talent. And I don't know if I'll ever be able to beat Marushko. So I kind of accepted. So rather than my mission statement being like, I need to be the best, I need to be number one, even though I am competitive, um, I would definitely focus it more towards... I like being the the person in a community that can teach other people... And rather than bring my t- time down, bring everyone else's down. Because not only that, but then it also gives me an incentive to actually get my time down so my students aren't completely destroying me. You know? Like, <laughs> the the teacher becomes the student mm-hmm. almost. So yeah, I, I would definitely redirect my statement towards uh, bringing everyone else's time down rather than my own. You know, my own can come second. No, that's that's a good way to look at it too, especially you know that ties in, of course, to the beginning of the discussion. Uh, let's yeah. talk about some particular games. Let's so the two games that we're going to be discussing are uh, GTA Vice City and Tony Hawk's American Wasteland. 
Uh, with Ooh. Vice City, uh, you know, I think the the runs I had looked at a bit were uh, the uh, the Big John uh, fight against COVID nineteen fundraiser, which was I got to tell you like a really weird thing to watch now <laughs> because yeah. the the energy around the discussion of COVID. So right now we are recording this in mid October of twenty twenty, and this run I think would have been at the end of March twenty twenty. Right. Yes, it was very early on. It was yeah, maybe two weeks into the lockdown, but there's where like the UK s- went completely down. There's so much optimism, you know. Like at the end, yeah. Casey Frew, bless his heart, is like, you know, everyone stay safe. Yo, I know you're tired of hearing about social social distancing now <laughs> in late March 2020, but you know, do it. You know, which of course he's right. Do you know? Do do engage in yep. appropriate public health behavior. Wash your hands. Yep. Yep. Uh, but it still was like just like oh this will you know, we'll get through this well this will be over and you know I, I feel like it was so implied that it would be over in a few months and uh, and here we are but about Vice City I know in going into your gaming history you talked about having played this game on, on PS2 uh, you know as a mm-hmm. kid uh, when did you when did you end up returning this game? Were you prompted to return to it by seeing you know speedrunners like Adam AK when you're getting into Twitch, or was this or was this a game that you kept with you through the years? So um, one of the first things I did when I got my Steam account uh, in 2012 was I just went through and looked at all the sales. I wanted to get like you know a nice decent fundamental game library, and then from there I can you know play games that I remember even if it meant replaying them on the, you know, if I'd already played them on the console. And the first thing that I bought was uh, like a duo pack of Vice City and San Andreas uh, because it was on sale for like three pounds or something ridiculous for the both games. And obviously then I was like, well, I haven't played these games since I was a child. And not only that, but I've never completed these games. So it would only be right for me to now install them and play through them um, and then actually go and complete them. But then once I completed them, I was like, this game's just as amazing as I remember it. I'm going to keep completing it. <laughs> you know, did like a 100% playthrough. Then I, you know, started doing the YouTube stuff. And yeah, just, it just immediately like ignited that fire that I remember as it being one of my favorite games as a kid. To then also becoming one of my favorite games as an adult. So you mentioned as a kid not really finishing Vice City. Uh, were there particular uh, mission or missions that were blocks for you as a child? Yes. Yeah, so uh, I always I always say this is uh, quite embarrassing, but at the same time, it's you know a lot of people get stuck on it. It's a uh, Death Road, the one where you have to uh, save Lance at the scrapyard. It's one of those missions where if you don't know what you're doing, it's extremely hard. But as soon as you understand how the mission works, then it's really easy. So, like, the scrapyard is at the complete other side of the map to where you start the mission. And obviously, as a child, I never really took any precautions. I would just go and immediately start the mission again after I failed it. And I'd be like, oh, I don't have a car, so now I've got to steal a slow one. And by the time I get there, Lance is already dead. Or if I do save him, I have almost no ammo and I just get slaughtered. You know, just... As, as soon as you, you know, get your head screwed on properly and you grow up a little, you understand that strategy makes that mission really easy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as a child, never complete. Never ever. So, where, so you talked about, you know, you got the game on Steam, you're playing it a bunch because it's a good game. And 
It's a good game. You had seen, you know, some runners doing it uh, because you discovered that through, you know, watching GDQ, watching the streams. Where was the game when you started running it yourself? Because I, I imagine you could probably pick this because you did a Vice City World Record Progression video. So I imagine you're probably starting to run it post uh, post replays. But I'm just curious, like when you when you got into it, what was the run? What was Vice City like when you started doing runs versus? where it is now so if you mean when i actually like first ever did like even my offline playthroughs mm-hmm. then it was when uh Rattrot had like a 128 like okay. replays bastan discovering or how to you know destroy the game from the inside out wasn't a thing yet no yeah um okay. so yeah we, we were looking at like a 128 you still had to complete all the assets it was just optimizing them and it was around the time that yeah Rattrot, adam ak and fatsuko were trading you know between like 135 down to around a one, I think 126 was where, where I remember it staying for quite a while. But then when I actually started uh, like taking the game seriously and streaming it and, you know, doing actual runs, submitting them to the leaderboards was three years later in 2017, which was not only post replays, but it was also post SSU. Like if the viewers don't know, SSU is the, if you've ever seen the run where you can beat the game in eight minutes from start to finish, like it's a really, really broken speed but it was post that so i never did vice city any percent seriously because it got broken so bad i immediately started with no s issue and around that time i think the world record was i think it was like a 50 5301 by mhmd from Mm -hmm. memory it was around that time it was just when anti was starting to come back and he got the first ever 52 and it was going down more and Mm. more from there that was a period of time. I, I, you know, it's funny to think about how long we've been watching speedruns when I can go yep. back and like, ah, yes, the anti-period of time. I remember yep. that. Um, interesting. Interesting how history, history, I mean, w- we see history, I feel like a lot in World of Progression videos, uh, but also it's it's just interesting to, you know, know who comes and goes. Uh, yeah. It, it's a real shame that I like couldn't really include anti in my world record progression. Uh, because of what happened Mm -hmm, yeah but around that time like i'm still convinced to this day that he was he is still the best vice city runner we've ever seen um because even though he ended up cheating runs he he didn't always do that and i'm i could say with certainty there is no doubt in my mind that around the time when he was the world record holder when i started playing he was the legitimate best player and it wasn't until later on where he started you know um getting unhappy with his own results mm-hmm. and then you know using cheats to get further and further i'm yeah. convinced he was the best yeah for folks who are unfamiliar with what we're we're talking about there was a period of time where there was a very good he did vice city and three right mostly or yeah vice city and three with a two and he had every world record right. he was he, very dominant undisputedly and put a lot player. of time into it i, I think following up yes. on, what, on what even is saying he he was practiced. It wasn't like, you know, he, he showed up and just did a few hours here and there and had the top times. No. He was putting yeah. in the time. And then I think as, as you know, maybe he felt pressure on himself. Uh, that led to, I believe it was like modification of game values. And there's a whole and things kind of unraveled from there to the point where, you know, he's just not welcome on the leaderboards now. Yes, exactly. Uh, he was permanently banned in... I think it was August of 2018 because it was discovered that he'd modified game files to like make his vehicles drive faster and things like that. But as I say, like without that, 
if that never happened, I think he he would have been on top for a long time, and he would, and he's still one of the best runners to this to this day. Like he continued doing runs um, even after he got banned. Obviously, he's not allowed to submit to the leaderboards, mm-hmm. but nothing's stopping you from playing the sure. game. And those runs have never been like never been proven to be cheated. Like those runs exist, and you can check them out. Um, like the evidence that we used to know that he was cheating back then is gone. Yeah. So unless he's figured out some new way to cheat, then these runs are as legit as we ever knew him to be. And those runs were the first ever 49 in Vice City, which is a huge milestone. You know, as I said, we're talking the the world record was a 52 in 2017. And we didn't see, it was two years until we saw a sub 50, which is only two minutes worth of time saved. Like, this game is really optimal. Mm, yeah. But the actual first 49 was done by Anti because even though everyone was going for it, he's just the best. Like, he's the best runner. And as I say, it's really unfortunate what happened to him. Like, I mean, I say unfortunate, you know, it's obviously his right. own fault. He did it. <laughs> he he yeah, the consequences. Exactly. Yeah, it's not, it's not luck. Yeah, exactly. He, he's dealt with the consequences. Um, but yeah, it's, it's always a shame to see, undoubtedly, in my opinion, the best, the best Vice City runner to ever exist now not exist, essentially. Let's talk about the run. I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I think... I'm kind of familiar with a lot of the tech, so I don't necessarily have questions about the tech itself, but I want to get your opinion. Do you have favorite tricks in the game, or are you just like, when you do when you do a marathon run, you're like, oh, I just love to talk about this. There are quite a few tricks that um, they look really awesome, but they're really easy to do, and they kind of wow audiences. So I'd say those are my favorites. Like, I remember during a KZ Freeze GDQ runs, like I've never I've never ran at GDQ like in person, I mean or online, but you know, I've never run in front of like a big audience that really has that big like ooh ah kind of thing if they don't know anything about the game. Uh so I haven't experienced it, but I have seen other runners do it. And just really simple things, uh like for example, the chase strat, which has been around for like eight or nine mm-hmm. years now. And obviously the simple idea is that the mission wants you to chase, hence the title of the mission, uh, a man to his hideout. And you're supposed to get on like a little bike and he shoots at you and you're supposed to dodge and duck and weave and just ch- tail him there. But what you can actually do is if you get to the destination quick enough, you can simply steal away the car and force the guy that you're supposed to be chasing in with you. So then you just take him to his destination. You drive him there yourself. And obviously that looks absolutely brilliant to anyone who has seen Vice City and is familiar with the mission, but is like, I had no idea you can do that. Like, that's crazy. So that is like a key example. Whereas the late game stuff, where you can skip like the entire second half of the game, it's so technical Mm -hmm. that even with an explanation from someone who knows what they're doing, like, for example, if you're doing a marathon run and you explain it, a lot of people aren't going to grasp it because you need a lot more time to digest those kind of tricks. So yeah, anything that you can explain in two seconds and it just looks fantastic, those are brilliant. Those kind yeah, of you know, it might be worth mentioning that you had the opportunity to do uh, the commentary for KZ Fru's uh, Vice City All Missions run at this past yes. SGDQ 2020. And that is like, that is a lot of work for commentary because you know, we're, we're talking about the 80% no SSU run in which there's a lot of technical stuff done to skip the end of it. But the good news there is I feel like 
it's because of some of the there's some repetition when you're doing that skipping that gives a little bit of time to be like okay again we're doing this again like this is what's happening but with all yep. missions there's just like incredible insta passes that are being done where you know you're you're going from one mission script to another in order to instantly finish missions uh and and put and, and warping around and doing all kinds of stuff and uh like i i was able to follow on but you know i'm someone who's watched all missions runs a bunch of times yeah. and uh you know i i feel like you did a good job i don't know did you have any feedback from people who were less familiar with the run on that i'm just curious uh yes yeah, so a, a lot of people it was kind of split so a lot of people did say um like obviously it was kind of tricky to grasp but it wasn't because of like the bad commentary they said i did a really good job obviously because it is so difficult to explain it in terms that someone who isn't familiar with the game mechanics at all Mm -hmm. can understand, right? So instead of saying, like, oh, we save warp here, you just say, you teleport, because that's essentially what you do, (laughs) you know? Right. Like, that's what you see. And there's also so much of it that you don't see. Like, so many tricks that are actually really genius, but if you don't know they're coming, then you'll never notice them. So I did my best to try and pick really basic terms so everyone can understand or as many people as possible and then also pick out some really super technical stuff for the people who do understand and will be like whoa i had no idea runners did that that's genius you know so yeah it was quite split it was you know split between the the commentary was great it was really in depth but a lot of it i didn't grasp because the it the run is just too technical like i'd need to go back and watch it several times to like that was incredible how did you not lose your voice um like really impressed by how quickly you could get through it all because as you said like the the amount of tricks you're doing is constant sometimes you only have 30 seconds to explain a trick where if i did it in my terms i'd be sat there for 10 minutes talking about it you know like laying it down spelling it out for you so yeah sometimes you really have to pick and choose and that's what makes it really difficult no yeah it's that's just what you got to do with it. Uh, so before we move on to American Wasteland, I did want to ask, do you have any uh, immediate plans for, I, I know you talked about doing a playlist of advanced optimizations for Vice City tutorial stuff. Do you have any other plans for either uh, runs that you're working on yourself or other Vice City related content that people should be watching out for? So yeah, so right now I'm working on San Andreas, um, but I definitely want to come back to Vice City after that. And what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be going through essentially all the three big main categories and really bringing those times down. So, for example, I currently have a 5330 in no SSU, but I don't. I know I'm definitely capable of like a 52, and every single minute interval is a big thing. So I would love a 52. I don't know if I'll ever get to a 51, but at the same time, I said I would never get a 53 years ago, and here I am. So... Yeah, famously, 52? I should I should mention, uh, you know, folks watching watching stuff on YouTube, look up the Easyscape biggest comeback, uh, biggest comebacks in uh, speedrunning yes. video, and you, you'll see. Uh, getting, I believe that was your first fifty three, right? It sounds like I think you've gotten another yes. fifty three. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So that was very yeah, cool. Yeah, so that that was a fifty three fifty nine, where go- the the end the early game was so poor. <laughs> that I was going for a 53. That's all I wanted. Like, I didn't want a PB with a low 54. I wanted a 53. So I was kind of in that bad attitude of resetting even, even if I was ahead because I just wanted a 53 and I wouldn't settle for anything else. 
And then going into the end game, which is the hardest 12 minutes of Vice City that you'll ever play. Like, it's this mission after mission of constant, really difficult stuff. My best possible time, if I played perfectly, was a 54 flat. But then I still managed to go through and play better than I've ever played before and managed to get a 53-59 out of it. And yeah, that's what the video dictates. Um, I had a lot of fun actually working with Beescape to kind of help him write the script. Because as we mentioned for the all mission stuff, it's very difficult to not have like a 10 minute segment dedicated to how this works while still explaining it in terms that everyone can understand. Right. Right. No, exactly. It, yeah. I feel like it came very out pretty tricky. well. It's it's a good video. Yeah. Um, so definitely, definitely check that out. Uh, all yeah. right. Let's, let's talk about American Wasteland. This is a game that people probably are less familiar with than Vice City. Uh, mm-hmm. what was, did you also play this one? I, I'm going to be front, like, up front here. I stopped playing Tony Hawk's games with Pro Skater 3. So all uh. of the stuff after Pro Skater 3 is mysterious to me. So like, how, how did you first play this game? And also how did you come back to it? So I actually, um, my first, uh, game I ever played, uh, the Tony Hawk's franchise was Tony Hawk's Underground 2. So again, we're kind of opposites where you played the first couple of classics and then I went back to them afterwards because I played the newer ones. And Tony Hawk's Underground 2 was one of my favorite games on the PlayStation 2. So then when I got into GTA, um, guy with a lightsaber, who I'm sure you're familiar with, mm-hmm. uh, to those who don't know him, he's another one of the best Vice City runners that we've ever seen. Um, he was the one who got the first official 49-minute time uh, on the leaderboard that was, you know, able to be submitted after Anti got his. I remember freaking out in the university library uh, when he got it. That's a, that's a good story, good memories. But yeah, so Guy with the Lightsaber was actually the world record holder for Tony Hawk's Underground 2. And as I got more and more friends with him, um, I decided to go back to Tony Hawk's Underground 2 and actually complete speedruns of that. Now, obviously, the, as you mentioned, there's kind of like the classics, which is a pro skater games, which I never played and didn't go back to until later on. But then there's the Underground series, and I kind of class American Wasteland in that trio, mm-hmm. which is so Tony Hawk's American Wasteland and then Underground 1 and 2. So I'd never played Underground before, went back and played that, eventually did speedruns of it. But I did play, as I say, Tony Hawk's Underground 2 and American Wasteland. But American Wasteland wasn't a game that I was a huge fan of like I was with Underground 2. But the difference was that, I don't know if you've ever seen a Tony Hawk's Underground 2 speedrun, but it's like seven minutes long. It's really optimized, and it's really, really short. So I didn't, I didn't like the idea of kind of grinding that out because there's, you know, there's so many runs where you can spend a whole day and you'll never get the past the first 30 seconds because it's just that optimized. Like, even if you're not world record contender, the game is too short to make any mistakes. So then I looked at other kind of Tony Hawk, you know, in that Tony Hawk games in that trio. And I noticed that there was almost like nothing for American Wasteland. So on speedrun.com, they had three different categories. They have a classic mode, which was similar to the old pro skater titles where you know you have two minutes and you go and collect skate you collect combo you do do these goals but i was more interested in the story mode stuff so story mode has three different difficulties there's easy normal and sick um and thug 2 had the exact same thing but because thug 2 was a much more popular game it had a populated leaderboard across all three categories 
Now, Tony Hawk's American Wasteland had a couple of runners in the easy category, and that was all rooted out and everything. But Normal and Sick, there was only like maybe one run from four years ago. And when I looked through, I, I watched the video just for entertainment value. But as I was watching it, I realized that there's a lot of potential to, you know, fix routing mistakes and use my own game knowledge to maybe make my own route that would be faster. And then I figured, you know, if I'm going to make these routes, I may as well test them myself and see how low they can go. So I don't remember exactly the numbers, uh, but I know for sick difficulty, the record at the time was like a 150 between like a 150 and a 155. And my first run was a 135. Like, my roots were... Better. Really, yeah. You know, yeah, they, they, <laughs> they, were, they were much more optimized. And then from there, uh, as we mentioned about, like, you know, bringing up a community, I mean, I'm not going to claim to bring the Tony Hawk community in for, into fruition. They've been around for years yeah. before me. But making these roots and making these uh, categories competitive actually brought in more people to then start, you know, giving me competition and then start going ahead and rooting it ourselves to make normal and sick. Not as competitive as easy because the easy one is always going to be the most competitive regardless. But, you know, there was a populated leaderboard now with, you know, a couple of runners here and there that were coming in. So that was like my kind of introduction introduction into American Wasteland was creating... (laughs) And grabbing the categories that hadn't really had any love and showing them, you know, a bit of love and creating a route that could actually be viable and somewhat optimal. I mean, there's definitely room for improvement still. But, you know, and take those times down and see how low they could really go with someone who already has experience from a similar Tony Hawk game. So they have, you know, the skills already. When it comes to your uh, contributions to to routing or or finding finding tech, I know... I, one of the things I picked up, so I, I had watched your uh, ESA Summer 2018 VOD of this run, and yeah. uh, the, the thing I will remember the most from watching that is that there is tech called butt slapping. Um, yes. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't, couldn't be classic avoided. Name. Classic name. Uh, so I want to ask if there was tech or other you know elements of the route that you had contributed, because I know this is in contrast right to Vice City, where Vice City is super super optimized and lots of people have yep. worked on it uh with american wasteland did you you know did you have the opportunity or is there anything that you'd like to brag about uh so a lot of the actual tricks that you use have been discovered by um like professional and uh, not professional but you know competitive like multiplayer tony hawk like modders uh so for example for butt slapping that was discovered in what's called thug pro which is like an online um, competitive game based on the Thug 2 engine where you you know player versus player so rather than playing through the story and doing tri- you compete against other people in like online head to head and those people obviously are ridiculously good at the game so they come up with all sorts of insane strategies to get the ultimate combos and one of those is butt slapping which was then implemented into speedrunning because it's something that you can just learn to do and pick up you know rather than needing tons of setup or turbo controllers or anything like that. So I, I don't think I've ever actually comp, uh, in, introduced any actual tricks. But what I have done is use the already made tricks in order to make my routes viable. So for example, like I did implement butt slaps into a lot of places where you would like butt slap over a roof 
instead of going around and I changed the route around that. And the actual normal and sick route that you see in the world records is entirely mine. Like I wrote that entirely from scratch. And even though it may seem like something that isn't super complicated, because you know, you just go from one goal to the other to progress in the story, it's actually one completely non-linear. And two, you need a certain amount of money in order to get to the certain places. So there's actually like money farming and spray tagging and stuff like that, which you can only do in certain places in order to, you know, get a part-time job in order to, you know, get through the different places in American Wasteland. So the route is actually much more complex than you'd see in most games. And it took me a long time to uh, create them. So yeah, definitely proud of those. That's really cool. No, that's really, really, especially when you have the, the space and the features, I think you know what you're talking about there is that you know because of the adjacent competitive community there was already some discovery into techniques but you really got the opportunity to you know take the semi-open world nature of the game uh and you and apply it and and you work with the you know the constraints having to have the money and things like that now i know this vod is from summer 2018 uh is this a game that you have uh played uh, much since then uh, no, not too much. So I did do um, runs of it up until around early 2019 because I ran the easy category, I believe, again, for ESA Winter, which would have been in the February of 2019. Uh, but again, it's exactly the same as, as I mentioned before, like with Dark Souls, where it's kind of fallen victim to, you know, um, having so many plans within GTA. So there's kind of side projects, which is how I treat, you know, Tony Hawk, Dark Souls and blah, blah. The kind of side projects take like a backseat until I am, you know, burnt out with GTA. Then I'll go back to them eventually. But uh, recently enough, actually, a guy who messaged me on Discord who was looking to get into uh, Tony Hawk's American Wasteland speedrunning, he actually beat my world record on the sick difficulty. So now I have actual reason to go back and, you know, compete with him. The competition is real. Exactly. There's definitely a reason to head back and reclaim my throne. You know, that's always honestly that's that's a cool thing when you have that when you have the opportunity to return to a game because someone else, you know, executed better or maybe found new stuff. I know, you know, for me that's often been the case where these obscure games that I've run, someone finds a new thing and I get to come back and you know, play the game I love but with new toys. You know, it's always just yes. so much fun. Exactly. Well, let's start to let's start to wind this down and get to some some exit questions here. Uh all right. So one of the things I like to do in this series of interviews is have some connective tissue to have to relay a question from one guest to the next. Now, I've sort of, because I've made this decision to broadcast my my recording live and I'm changing that gear, uh, actually, like during the recording of this, the previous episode actually went live, the interview with Mad Mega. Uh, and Mad Mega had this question for you, uh, which okay. was... If you could resurrect one franchise, and that could be a movie, game, whatever, uh, what franchise would you bring back? Is it cheating to say Grand Theft Auto at this point? Because it's been... (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking about that because (laughs) I don't... All right, I don't know, hot take. Is there ever going to be another single-player GTA game? So, in all honesty, uh, to to actually answer it is... um, I actually don't want there to be another franchise GTA game. I don't want there to be because I really don't like the idea of the way GTA 5 went. And I much prefer, you know, just 
leave it as it is stop remastering the games just leave the franchise as it is now it's had its you know run but obviously they will bring out a gta 6 because of gta 5 was so successful Mm -hmm, sure but yeah i mean it's been seven years since the game came out there really should have been one by this point like it's it's getting kind of ridiculous yeah no i I'll tell you, you know, I'm going to throw my two cents in here because I have, I yep. love to have takes about this as well. But I think for me, I I dislike Rockstar's mission design so, so thoroughly much for speedrunning at this point that I I love the open world city game. But, you know, I'm I am happy to go over to to Watch Dogs or to Cyberpunk or whoever you know to have that experience because the rockstar mission design is choreography at this point like it it looks great but i'm not actually doing anything yeah so a couple of ones that sprung to mind was uh a a lot of them have actually recently been uh kind of you know revitalized so one that popped into my head was tony hawk right because the last big entry into the franchise of tony hawk was pro skater 5 and that was such a bomb that it killed the series but then, as you might know, last month they made a second remake of one and two by a completely different company, and it's brought Tony Hawk back into the limelight. So that would again be cheating because the series is now alive again. Uh, so one that I actually would uh, bring back, if anything, would be Guitar Hero. I used to love playing the Guitar Hero games growing up, and all the different ones on the PS2 from Rocks the 80s, which is the first one that I played. All the way up until um, I think World Tour was the last one I played. But then they came out with like Guitar Hero Live and that kind of flopped. So now the series has been dead ever since. But there is like a a growing community uh, which is around Clone Hero. And Clone Mm -hmm. Hero is like a free to play Unity project, which is essentially Guitar Hero. And you can bring in all the different games tracks and play them. So now you can play them on PC for free. And you can play all the different games. So I feel like it would be awesome to see like a new studio, because obviously the Guitar Hero developers from back then probably are doing different projects now. But for someone who has the rights to Guitar Hero to work with the Clone Hero community and bring out, maybe even make Clone Hero an official game, I don't know, something like that, to bring those two worlds together and yeah, revamp Guitar Hero, that would be awesome. Yeah, that's a, that's a good answer. Now that does mean though that I do need from you a question for my next guest. And you know, it can be the thing you know about the next guest is that they will be a speedrunner. Not going to tell you anything okay. else. Uh, okay. But you know, it can be whatever kind. I used to say it had to be gaming speedrunning related, but a few weeks ago, uh M Sushi called my bluff and asked about uh, movies. <laughs> so since okay, then, okay, since okay. then I've had to have uh, you know, the had to make it whatever whatever you want but the question will be for a speedrunner so the first question that springs into mind you can let me know if it's been done already mm-hmm. is uh you know how i mentioned earlier about how i was cursed as a child with um the kind of horror story of picking up a ps1 and having it break and then picking up a playstation 2 having it break and like ruining those kind of childhood memories i would ask what is your um gaming related horror story Okay. In no, time for Halloween as well. Yeah, right. That's no, that'll big. be that'll be right on point uh exactly. for, for Halloween. Now the thing I, I do like to do is I do like to to spoil it for you. So in the DM, I'm gonna tell you who it was. And uh this is a pretty good get for me. So we'll uh that Ooh, should be a that fun is, 
<laughs> you know what's interesting? I, I, I won't. I won't spoil uh, since you know there's a reason you haven't yeah. said it out loud. But they actually know me as the Tony Hawk guy rather uh, than the GTA guy. Oh, one of the few. Interesting. Yes. All right. Maybe, maybe we'll have to bring that up. We'll we'll see when we, yeah. when we get around to that. Uh, any future games uh, that you're really excited to play that are coming out in, you know in the next year or so? Oh, I, I brilliant! I have a to play text document on my okay. desktop coming up. So the big one that's coming out, uh, it's coming out in two days, is Amnesia Rebirth. So we didn't get uh, time to touch on it, but I actually have done speedruns of the Amnesia games, uh, A Machine for Pigs and The Dark Descent. So that that's made by Frictional Games, and it had been maybe half a decade at this point since they'd made a game. But they always, uh, excuse me, since they've made an Amnesia game, they they came out with Soma uh, in 2017, something like that. That's another brilliant game that I also did a couple of speedruns of. And um, yeah, they're rebooting the Amnesia franchise in two days. So I'm really excited to see that. Uh, then on the 29th, there's Watch Dogs Legion, which I've played the Watch Dogs games. I think they're really good. Uh, Cyberpunk, which is a big one. I'm sure you know most people will say that. I'm interested to see how that works. Uh, and then Halo Infinite as well, because uh, they've delayed it until 2021, unfortunately. But it'll be the first time that it's coming out on PC properly, whereas, you know, before it was always an, uh, an Xbox exclusive. So I'll be excited to see, like, the first actual uh, Halo game made specifically for PC rather than them bringing out old ports or making it an exclusive. Were, were you into that trailer? I feel like that trailer was very divisive. The Halo so, Infinite trailer. Interestingly enough, before a game comes out, I never touch any trailers or any pre-release content until I play the game. I don't watch anything. I don't know anything about these games that I've just mentioned because I just want to go in as blind as possible. So yeah. I haven't seen the trailer. I, I've seen a couple of the memes about like you know the brute. <laughs> uh, I forget his name. He has like a dedicated name that everyone calls him by. Craig, I think it was. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I haven't watched the trailer, and I won't watch the trailer until okay. the game comes out. No, I, I have a few friends who who take that approach as well. Yeah. All right. Where should people look for you? So uh, Twitch would be the main one because I, I stream a couple of times a week when I get time. You know, some main speedrunning place, mm-hmm. which was Twitch Twitch.tv forward slash English underscore Ben. And then also the second main one would be my YouTube, which is where you'll see things like world record progressions. Um, obviously, all my personal bests go ahead. And um, all my personal bests get archived on there as well. Uh, no copyrighted music or anything like that. You know, Take that very seriously because Twitch can delete videos at any time and I don't trust them. Uh, so it's just English Ben on there. And then you can find me on Twitter or Discord if you'd like to just chat with me about gta stuff or if you have any questions um you know my dms are open on both so you can message me if you're a new player and you'd like to learn something new then it's uh english ben or my twitter is not english ben so be careful to not make that mistake there it's every time i searched you on twitter when i was prepping this stuff i was like wait is that is that english ben because this is not english ben i'm not sure exactly of course all the links it's at not english ben Mm -hmm. or one Yep, all the links will be in the description if you're if you're listening to this on on YouTube or on uh, you know a, a podcast distributor. Check the description. All the links for for uh, English Ben's stuff will be there. Uh, English Ben, thank you so much for your time. 
Thank you. So it's been a pleasure. I had a great time. This is my first time I've ever been invited on a podcast. So oh, you set the go. benchmark very high. Yeah. And whenever I go to a new one, I'll be like, this isn't quite you know, how PMC does it. Man. Yeah, come on. I man. don't know. But I do, oh, need, I do need one more thing from you in order to end okay. the podcast, which is I need you. I'm going to say a cheesy catchphrase. Like, let's boost on out of here. And then okay. you're going to give me your best uh, rocket engine noise. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, all right. Folks, yeah. thank you so much for listening. Let's boost on out of here. All right, that's uh, that's really good. Uh, did you have uh, time? Did you need to head out, or do you want to take a see if people had any questions? Uh, I, I've got a bit of time. We can uh, we, okay. we can go through a few questions. Well, we got a few I would never leave in, the fans hanging. Yeah, we got a few people. I don't know. I, I feel like I saw maybe like Archie and, and Albert and Fretzel maybe clamoring. So if you want to throw anything in there, get some bonus questions in, folks. Uh, oh, Archie had two. All right, I don't know if we can do two. We might have to do only one. Yeah, come on, Archie. Don't be don't be that guy. Just. And I bet one of them is going to be a pun anyway. Right, maybe. It's not going to yeah. be a question. No. Because he, he, the amount of times that like Archie has donated to an event <laughs> or like put something in my chat and it's been a pun that I haven't understood. And then six months later, I'll message him like, oh, of course. Like it plagues Right. Me. I still remember that one about the pitcher, the, the joke with the pitcher. Do you remember that one? Yes. Yeah, that was a good yes, one. Yes, exactly. Uh, pineapple on pizza? Yes or no? Uh, I don't like pizza full stop. Don't like pizza full stop. If you don't like pizza full stop, so I would have to say no. But what I will say is that if you do like pizza, put anything you want on it. Who cares? That's a good answer. Go nuts. Uh, all right. One, RuneScape is very prone to optimization, inventory management, how to run between spots. Do you feel that learning to be faster in RuneScape and optimize for the future has affected your speedrunning foundation? Yes, definitely. Uh, especially because um, I, it, RuneScape is very susceptible. I maybe it's the same in WoW, but I'm not too sure. Where you would create several accounts from scratch, and you would want to like you know speed run, level them up as quickly as possible. And as Archie mentioned, like RuneScape is all about efficiency. So I would always like make notes in school to like min max um, my time as much as possible. And yeah, I definitely think that carried over into speedrunning, like 100. percent Uh. <laughs> Albert, what's your Albert? Do you okay? Fine. Your pineapple take generally. Do you like pineapple? I'm impartial to it. Okay. I think it's okay. Uh, it's not something that I would eat and go, "This is incredible." But you know, I wouldn't wouldn't push it off the plate. It's okay. all right. Yeah. No, I feel like for, I like pineapple on a fruit salad. I don't know if I could just do like just pineapple, you know, by itself. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned feeling like you haven't contributed that much to VC, uh, but your tutorial is the de facto bible for all the new runners for the past x years and you're broadly considered the most helpful vc personality proactively with that and uh how becoming the master and getting sub eben was considered a milestone have you struggled becoming a true cornerstone uh despite arriving relatively late uh so i guess to quickly kind of go back on myself because i think i may have rushed through that answer before when i mentioned about like not feeling like i contributed that's not exactly what I mean in terms of like the community. 
I mean in terms of the actual run. Like, there's no strat that anyone does in no SSU that was found by me. That's what I mean. And that's what always made me feel a little bit bad, because, like, even Joshimus, who has never taken this game seriously, uh, has the, you know, the spilling the beans jump, where you go into the cutscene, then you hold uh, SD shift and jump off. That's his strat, and it's been done for years. Like, whereas I, I feel like Vice City is my main game, I've played it for years, and yet there's nothing there that it's like, oh, Eben found this. That was what I meant more so as though I haven't contributed. I definitely feel like I have um, contributed a lot towards the actual community, and I wouldn't say that I struggled, like, feeling like I've become a cornerstone, because I definitely think that there's almost, like, two eras in GTA. And, you know, we're talking, like, Boomer versus Zuma, almost. And I feel like in the Zuma half, I'm definitely, like, a prominent figure, I would say. So I'm okay with that. I, I don't want, I don't, you know, want to be compared against the greats like Adam AK, Josh, like Rackdrop, people like that. But I'm happy with being kind of known by most as like a figurehead in the second half. 